This is the Ops Authority Podcast, where my mission is to break down the backside of your business so you can take the right actions to grow and scale. Hey, I'm Natalie Gingrich, a small business operations expert, and I'm going to give you a front row seat to real solutions that will help you reach the vision that you have for your business, all while equipping you to put out those inevitable pesky fires and those fears that pop up. Listen in for strategies to grow your team, craft the systems and processes that you need for your business, and establish business foundations that you may have skipped over. I know you're ready to do really big things, so let's do it together. Hello, friends. Welcome back to the Ops Authority Podcast. I am absolutely thrilled and honored and super grateful to have you here as a listener today. And as usual, we're going to dive straight into a topic that's going to be very relative to someone who's a project manager, maybe an online business manager, someone in the service professional space. And this topic is exactly for you. I am talking about setting realistic financial goals for a service provider. So if that's what you do, if that's how you would classify yourself, I want you to put your earbuds in, maybe take out a piece of paper, a notepad, or maybe a digital notepad, and listen in today as we're gonna share some really important tips. These are like the most foundational tips that you're going to need for your business. I know that we are all in business to number one, make a profit, number two, do something that comes really natural and innate to us. And I believe that we can marry those two things together and reach real fulfillment that can lead to a legacy life. That's what I have done. And that's exactly what I help so many other people do in the online space. So it starts with creating true financial goals. And one thing I see happening all the time is people creating arbitrary financial goals. And on top of that, they create goals that they actually don't track. So they're just a thought, right? If you're gonna create a goal and then not follow up on it, not assess it and see if you're hitting it, then it's really pointless. So today we're gonna put all of that behind us. Even if you have created goals, dig in with me, take a listen. I'm going to share with you what I have done in my business and hope that you can take something away from this podcast. Every single one of our podcasts here at The Ops Authority have an action associated with each episode. We truly want you to listen to this content and be able to do something with it. And lucky you, all of this content is literally just for you. Where you are in your profession, this is going to meet you right there, and we're going to make some magic happen today. So like I said, we are here to make sure that we create enough revenue in our business, we contain enough of a cost so that we can, at the end of the day, have a healthy profit. This also means that you need to be paying yourself because you are incurring all of the risk for being in business for yourself. So let's go ahead and kick off with what you need to get going. These are the things that just, as soon as you start your business, these are the things that are going to be very important. This is what's going to allow you to create the financial goal when we get there. So if you have not done these steps that we're gonna talk about now, I am asking you right now, we are recording this in April of 2021. If you would at least go back to January 1 and let's get kicked off with these things right now. First of all, I want you to track every expense, everything that's coming in your business. So we would call this revenue. 
On the flip side of that, I also want you to track every single thing that you spend. This is called an expense. I know this is like financial 101, but we're telling a story here that you're gonna be able to follow along with. And if you already are really familiar with this, fantastic, keep listening. But number one, you've got to track every single thing. At the end of the month, or you can have your own cadence, but just generally speaking, at the end of the month, it's a nice time. It's a, it's a date you don't forget because we're always looking at the calendar. But at the end of the month, I recommend that you reconcile your expenses. So what does this mean? This means that you categorize them and you put them in the buckets in which they belong. So the IRS in the United States is going to look at a couple different areas. So, um, but you can customize these to you. So maybe it's marketing, maybe it's gifts, maybe it's labor, maybe there's just a lot of different things that can be here, but you're gonna want to create the ones, the categories that make sense for you. And you're gonna want to put every single thing that comes into your business, whether it was revenue or whether it was an expense, you're gonna want to attach that to one of those categories that you have already defined as important for you. Now, I can also tell you, ladies, as I have done this over time in my business, we continue to get more refined and better at knowing where these things are going to fall and what categories truly make sense for me. But you can do a quick search. You can also just look at your expenses and start to classify these on your on your own. The biggest point here is at the end of every single month, every single thing that has come in needs to have a home to be tucked under. So there's gotta be a little shelter. Think of that as a roof. And every single expense needs to have a roof to fall under. The other thing that I'm gonna want you to do is look at these expenses and categorize them by products or services. So I'm gonna make the wild assumption that if you're listening to this right now, you are a service provider and you're probably doing retainer or project-based work, meaning you've got clients that are coming in and you're performing a service for them. So maybe that's project management, maybe that's director of operations, maybe that is event management. The list goes on and on and on. But you in your own business probably have a couple different services that you are providing. When you look at these expenses, I want you to say, does this one expense contribute to a specific client or maybe it's, does this one expense contribute to a specific product? So this is going to help you over time to understand what your cost of goods sold is. This can also be discussed as the cost of services sold just because of the nature of our businesses. What this does long-term is help you to see how much profit you're actually making so instead of having just one big bucket of expenses, you now are able to say, okay, when I am working with Sally, Sally is my client, here are all of the expenses that I am incurring by being a contractor to Sally. So that may be some labor costs. Maybe you have a subcontractor. It may not be a whole lot of things, but you want to make sure that you are pricing Sally appropriately and you're not overlooking anything that just kind of squeaks in. So the cost of goods sold 
or cost of services sold is a great way to look at this. You can't do any of that unless you go back to what I just, where we started, which was to track everything, to make sure you're reconciling your expenses every single month. And then that third thing was categorizing the expenses based on the service, or maybe it's the client, so that you can get a better understanding of the profit. To do that, you're gonna want to remove or identify what the cost of services sold looks like. The next thing, and I know for me, I was probably in my business for a solid year and a half before I really found a system to centralize all of this. Now, this may make me look like a novice business owner, but guys, that's exactly what I was. I was brand new to this. So I was doing everything off of a spreadsheet. Everything was in Excel. When I got to about 18 months in business, it started to get more complicated. And I also was learning things that I really wish I I would have known when I started, which is like the cost of goods sold that I just shared with you. But I really needed a system, a more powerful system, and perhaps something a little more automated so I could take less and less time. The solution for me and for you was to find a centralization system, a tech system that could house this information that could be integrated into my payment system. That for me has been QuickBooks, but I have also used Wave. And then Xero is also another platform. Now there are many, many platforms out there. QuickBooks is the one that we have used the longest in my business. And currently our bookkeeper and CFO are integrated into that system. And so it's just a worldwide tool. It's very accessible. It's easy. It's mostly cost contained. And it does a lot of great things for us, including showing us reports month over month, also maybe quarter over quarter, and then any trends that are popping up. And those are going to be really important to me. When I first started, when I was a solopreneur, I was doing the very basics in QuickBooks. Really, I had attached it to Stripe, which is where I was getting a lot of the payments that were coming through, were passing through. It was connected to Stripe, also PayPal, but it was able to take that information and help me to start the reconciliation process because it's a smart system. It's a tech system. So when it started to see that, you know, a payment from Sally was income, it would automatically, it it has a brain and it would start to see that as income. And I wouldn't have to go in independently and do that every single month. So whenever I would get new expenses that would come in, then of course I would have to go in and do that, but it could handle some of those things for me, which is obviously cost and time saving for me at the end of the day. The next thing was an invoicing system. This is something that again, All of these things we're talking about are important. They need to be done in your business like way, like now. (laughs) Don't delay on any part of this. An invoicing system is again, something automated. But here's the thing. I have to be really honest. In my business, in the early days, when I was just sending out a PayPal invoice or doing this like one off as I was getting the client, a couple things were happening for me. And I'm going to bear my little soul here (laughs) really quick. But at one point, I had an invoice. I set it up. I think it was in PayPal. I had set it up for a six-month commitment. And that was going just smooth. I thought, wow, this is wonderful. It's automated. It's going to the client every single month. And the thing that happened to me here, because I set it up in PayPal, was that it went out 
And at the end of six months, I didn't see that that six-month contract had expired because I didn't have an invoicing system to tell me some of the more intelligent things that it should tell you, which is, hey, this has been paused. Now, I'm sure there are plenty of workarounds inside of PayPal, so this isn't a jab on that. I just want you to know that using an invoicing system, maybe that is Dubsado, maybe it's HoneyBook, maybe it's through QuickBooks. There are lots and lots of options for you. But the thing that I learned that was so painful was I ended up servicing that client for two additional months, and I didn't receive payment during that time because she wasn't waiting for the invoice, of course, and my system didn't automatically do it. So I didn't have a checks and balances system there. And at the end of the day, I felt poorly going back and saying, hey, I'm really novice. And I didn't have an invoicing system that automatically told me that our initial terms had expired. So at the end of the day, I ended up doing work for those two months for free. And I don't want anyone to be in this position. I tell you this, and I'm really being transparent and honest because it's not a proud moment of mine, but this was a time in my business where I didn't have any extra income to be throwing away. Not that I do today either, but that's the opposite of why we're in business. And I want you to know this right now so that you can prevent yourself from getting in that same place. I share this with you because I've also seen this and heard this from my students and my peers. If you were judging that story, when you were listening to that and you were like, oh, that would never happen to me, <laughs> trust me, I wouldn't have thought it would have ever happened to me either, but I hear it happening to so many people. And it's just because we don't have the systems in place. So these five pieces of information that I just shared with you are super important for every single business, regardless of the size. If this podcast does nothing else but reach one person who goes in here and sets up these things for their business, wow, they're going to feel so much better. It's going to potentially save them from audits. It's going to save them from stress, from honestly, from blocking them from having ease and finding ease in doing business. One little side note, the other thing that just popped in my head is as I was talking about these things, I know that business when I first got started was a difficult conversation between me and my spouse. It's not that he didn't believe in me. It's not that he didn't support me, but he wanted to know the financial risk behind all of this. And I was so excited to get in, to serve, to show up, to build this business that there was just a natural resistance because, I mean, sometimes it may just be our relationship, but I was really excited and I was kind of I was super open-minded and he was very grounded and was like, so what are you spending? What are we making? What's the risk here? And I couldn't answer those questions without having all of this. So on top of this being just a big foundation that you need in your business, a secondary and a nice gift, at least for me, was that we could now have intelligent conversations. I could share my financials with him and we could be on the same page. Obviously, a nice to have in a relationship. Alrighty, friends. So moving right along in how to set financial goals as a service provider. At a minimum on a monthly basis, I want you to know these four numbers every single month. I want you to know what is your business's revenue? 
What is your profit in hard dollars? I also want you to know what your profit margin is as a percentage. And then I want you to know what is your personal income from the business? What are you paying yourself? So those four pieces are going to be really big markers that are going to allow you to assess what your performance is like, but they're also going to be fundamental in helping you to set your goals, which is where we're going at the end of this podcast. Additionally, every single month, I want you to know behind those numbers, what were the drivers for that revenue that month? I want you to know which products these are coming from. So is it a project management tool? Is it a template? Is it a one-on-one call? What is it? Which products are lending itself to the business are bringing in active revenue that are really allowing you to be profitable. You need to keep an eye on these because I can't tell you how many times I have been in the situation where I thought I was offering something that was so wise, so smart, so needed. And at the end of the day, I realized that I was connected to it, but nobody was really buying it in volume enough for it to make sense. It was a detractor from the products that truly were making sense. So in addition to knowing your revenue, your profit, your profit margin, and your income, I want you to know what is driving those sales, what is driving your revenue, so that we can constantly be reviewing your services. Alrighty, now that we've got all that out of the way, the next piece here is how to set goals. Here's what you're gonna do. If you have done all of this, everything that we've talked about right now, for 2020, you get a massive gold star. That means you can go home, you can take off the rest of the day. (laughs) Don't you wish it was that easy? But that would be optimal here. If you haven't, at least go back from quarter one of 2021. So January through March 31st of 2021. Get all of these things that we've talked about in the podcast today, get them all completed so that you can be on the path to setting goals. You cannot set goals without having a foundation. This is the foundation that we're talking about. So ideally, if you have 2020's records, all completed. I want you to take a peek at those, get those out. And now I want you to look at those same four things that we talked about, your revenue, your profit, your profit margin as a percentage, and then how much you paid yourself. That's the math part. The numbers are not going to lie to you here. But there is another component that I'm going to ask you to look at. And that's more on the emotional and soft side. When you look at these numbers, I want you to ask yourself, does this feel good? Is this an honest representation of the work that I am doing? Are you getting closer or further away from your vision when you look at these numbers? So let's tap into the emotional question really quick of, does this feel good? I will say, I'm not happy about this, But in the beginning of my business, if I were to have reflected right then in year one of my business where I was working so hard, I was also so unclear of who I was working with, how I was going to serve them. I was really serving anybody and everything. And I think I had eight to 11 offers that year. Basically, if you came to me, Natalie Gingrich was going to work with you in some way if I saw that I could truly help you move forward. But what that led to was me being really spread thin. When I asked myself, if I would have asked myself, does this feel good? Does this amount of revenue for the amount of time, energy, and effort that I am putting in, does this feel good? 
I don't think I could have honestly answered myself with a heck yes. And if it's not a heck yes, I want you to go back and re-review this. What is causing that? And at that time, my answer would have been, hey, I walked away from corporate to build a legacy life for my children and working this many hours for this little amount of revenue or profit margin doesn't feel like I'm honoring the goal that I set forth for myself. Now, this is Natalie plus five years, right? If I could go back and tell that Natalie that was in one in her first year of business, honor those feelings of not feeling good, if I would have really done this, you know what would have happened? I think I would have done what Natalie did four years later, which was really get clear in the things that did feel good. And what that came down to for me was looking and seeing where I could make the greatest difference, the greatest impact with an audience that I deeply resonated with. Now, that's really the magic sauce for everybody. And I do realize it takes time for us to get there, but I think there has to be two sides of the equation. There has to be the hard facts, the hard data that shows you what these numbers look like. But then on the emotional side, As a person who's investing so much and so much risk into this, I want you to ask yourself, is this truly allowing me to fulfill the dream that I had set out for myself? Does this feel good? I believe that this is a very powerful component in how we build our businesses. This gave me of course, a lot later in my journey. So I hope I'm shortcutting this for you. But what this allowed me to do, this simple question allowed me to look at what I was doing, allowed me to see that I had too many offers out there. It told me, Natalie, you need to really get clear. You need to understand what cost of goods sold look like for these eight different products. Because at the end of the day, we need to look at the the most profitable product. But at the same time, I wanna make sure that it really is an expression of me. It's something that comes natural. It's an audience that wants to hear what I have to say. So look at the hard facts from 2020 or from the previous year. I want you to see what is your revenue, your profit, your profit margin as a percentage, and how much you paid yourself. Ask for each of those categories, does this feel good? Is this an honest representation of the work that I have contributed to earn this amount of money? So the next question is, am I getting closer or further away from the vision? This is where we start critically looking at the packages and the offers that we have, potentially even the clients or the level of client that you're working with. So now let's put this into action. This is philosophically how you set goals. We've talked about all the things that you need, but the next piece here is taking action. So once you have the hard facts and you also have the emotional side of the equation, now I'm gonna challenge you to set three goals, a good, a better, and a best. This framework is something that I learned from my mentor, Todd Herman, as well as Megan Hale. They both teach this a little bit differently, but at the end of the day, you're setting three different layers. You're good, you're better, and you're best. So let me tell you what my definitions of these are. When you look at at these four different categories of numbers from the year before, or maybe even the quarter before, I want you to set your good goal first. This is the amount that covers the cost of your business plus what your family and your personal bills look like. And you should be bringing home income from your business in this good goal. So this is something that commonly occurs. If you have been making $2,000 a month, your good goal 
needs to be around 2000. I would say anywhere from, you know, 1800 up to 2400, depending on if you're in a growth spurt or not. So it needs to be something that is attainable. I don't want you setting a $10,000 good goal because that's where you see yourself in three to five years. This is for actually setting financial goals that you can attain right now. I believe that it's imperative that you use the facts, the data, the financials from the previous year and potentially the quarter before this. So good goal is something that commonly occurs. The better goal... I like to look at this because a lot of people will come to me and say, well, how do I set that? Is it just like another like number that I pull out of the air? I like to encourage you guys to look at that good goal and add anywhere from 10 to 30% on top of that. And this means when we get to this place, this is where you can potentially pay yourself more. I bet that's what everyone's gonna be excited about. If you're already paying yourself and satisfying what your obligations are to yourself and to your family, then maybe this is where you can reinvest into your business. Of course, we're never short on the things that we can do with extra money, but that's when a better goal is met. You get an additional amount of money that is beyond your good goal. So in the better level of this framework of good, better, best, your better goal, it occasionally occurs, whereas the good goal, it occurs consistently. It's very, very common. Your better goal occasionally happens. And then that pinnacle goal of your best goal, here's where I take that better goal and then I add on around 30%. The more you track this, the more you set those goals and then compare them to actuals, the better you're going to get based on your business, your business model, the amount of marketing and all the other things that you have going on, you're going to be able to better assess and predict what these goals should be. But that best goal allows me to take my better goal and add about 30 more percent. And boy, when this happens, it very rarely happens. And I have had years where I never reached a best goal. But when it does happen, it's super rare. But this allows me to take either a distribution out of the business, like like a lump sum payment to myself. Maybe it allows me to reinvest back in the team. Maybe this is how I give my team bonuses. Maybe it's a gift. Maybe it's allowing me to do something that's really that I'm really passionate about, which is to put a lump sum into my retirement account. So everyone's gonna use this money a little differently, but here's, I wanted to explain the Good Better Best framework because that's your action this week. With every single episode of the Ops Authority podcast, it is important for me to not only show up consistently to give you good information, but I know that every operator loves and resonates with taking action. So your action this week is to look at your financials and set good, better, best goals. I want you to come inside of our Facebook group. It's called The Ops Insiders. And I want you to come inside there. You're not gonna give me your goals. That's confidential information. But I just want you to tell me if you have, just give me a checkbox there, if you have set your good, better, best goals for Q2, three, and four of 2021. Again, come on over to the Ops Insiders Facebook group so that we can stay engaged and we can help you along if you have any questions with this as well. When you have the good, better, best goal set 
for your entire year, I want you to reverse engineer and break those down into quarterly goals. Now, if you have a purely client-based business, you may not have trends because things, you know, things come or clients come, they go, but you probably have like a cap of maybe let's say three or four clients at a time. So you can take that information and know the volumes that you're working with and break down that big good, better, best goal into quarterly good, better, best goals. This allows you to assess at the end of every single quarter. Remember, you're already tracking everything. You're reconciling each expense. So you should be able to look at your financials at the end of the quarter and measure them against the goal that you set for yourself. Just so we're clear, I want you to do this for the full year. And then I also want you to break this down into quarters. So if you work less in the summer or less over a holiday season, I wouldn't say to take your annual goal and break it into fours. So just be aware of the trends that you have in your business. So if you get all of this done, I hope that this lends itself to you having a very, very clear and a real, like a realistic goal of what you can expect your business to do. We're going to talk in the next episode a little bit about how we how offers, the way we price them, the way we package them have an effect on our finances. But at this point, I want you to just get into the groove of understanding the financial implications and the expectations you have and making sure that they are grounded and rooted in truth. That's why we start at the beginning instead of just pulling out numbers out of the air. We start at the front where we track things, we get the data, and then we use that data to cast a vision of what we can do. Good is going to be what is attainable. Better is a little bit of a further reach. And best is like the furthest reach, but it still could happen. It rarely occurs, but we want to see how we're doing. This allows us to have more intel in what kind of growth we can expect from our businesses. Once you get all of that done, I have a couple things to add here. It may be time for you to invest. The next level of this is investing in a bookkeeper. So this is when you're not measuring this and doing this on your own every single month. You have given it over, handed it over, or partnered, I should say, with a bookkeeper who does this for you. They get to know your business. They get to know your trends. They get to know how you spend money. They get to see what kind of income is coming in. And bookkeepers, there's a big, big wide range of bookkeepers. Some of them are just going to perform the service. Some of them are going to be able to give you advice and strategy on top of that. So I think it depends on what your budget is looking like and also just what you need in your business. The other thing is a tax accountant. A tax accountant, obviously, we're talking numbers, we're talking financials. And at the end of the day, all of us are going to be paying taxes into the government of the country in which we reside. So a tax accountant for a business owner is very, very wise. It will help he or she can help you to save money along the way so that you can optimize your good, better, best or your financial goals. Something that we just did this year, which has really helped me. I wish I would have done this sooner, but we needed some intel. We needed some data. I also needed more power from the bookkeeping perspective to be able to pull this off. But we set up 
a true budget. So looking at the five plus years of historical data, also looking at our marketing calendar, we were able to set up a budget. But in addition to that, we have a forecast. So this allows me to have a projection of where we're going. And then we compare that projection against our actuals every single month. I just stay on top of this stuff. It's my preference, but some people will recommend a quarter. I love looking at this month over month just to make sure that my good, better, best for the year, for the quarter, and for the month are all being met. And if they're not, we have the ability to course correct. So those last three things, a bookkeeper, a tax accountant, and forecasting and projecting, those are things that don't necessarily need to happen, but I didn't want to close out this episode without giving you what the next level looked like. If you had been listening to this podcast and you were like, check, 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 I've done that, I've done that, yep, that's under control, then I wanted to give you this additional piece here. Ladies, if you have been listening to this podcast, actually today's episode or any episode, I would like to invite you to our upcoming masterclass. Go on and head on over to theopsauthority.com forward slash masterclass to sign up. We are going to be meeting live in a masterclass, a couple hour session for two days on May the 18th and 19th. And I would love for you to be there. If you are an operator or a service provider, I definitely want you present. We are going to help you zone in on where you should be focusing your energy, what comes most natural for you, and helping you to monetize your natural gifts. Those are likely going to be in the operations or the sphere of operations, and you need to be with us. So head on over to theopsauthority.com forward slash masterclass. I can't wait to see you there. Alrighty, friends, it has been an honor and a pleasure to hang out with you for the last 30 minutes. Thanks so much for being here. I look forward to talking with you guys next week for episode number 96. Have a fantastic day. Thank you for investing just a little bit of time to listen to this episode of the Ops Authority Podcast. I am so grateful to be surrounded by real action takers like you who are invested in growing their business through operations. Will you add one more action to your to-do list today? Visit theopsauthoritypodcast.com where you can join our community of business owners and other ops experts. You're going to hear from me in a week, but in the meantime, do big things on the backside of your business.